Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the DC United Kingdom podcast. I am your host, James Gray. Today's show is set to be an absolute epic. We have got the match review of the Galaxy game. We have got the match preview of the Vancouver game. I will be answering your questions and thoughts. And I have got a very, very special guest on today, which I am super, super excited about. Um, this is going to be absolute stormer of an episode, so I do hope that you enjoy it. But first, before we get into it, just the formalities. So... If you're not following on Twitter, you can follow me at DC United Kingdom. If you want to be a member of the DC United Kingdom supporters group, uh, which is ever-growing, you can uh, join in by going to dcunitedkingdom.com forward slash membership. Um, you can follow on Facebook and Twitter, uh, sorry, Facebook and Instagram at DC United Kingdom FC. So let's get into the show. Um, we're going to kick off with the guest. So very, very special guest. We're going to head over to Skype, and I am going to introduce to you who this person is. So, let's head over to Skype. As I said, I have got a very, very special guest on today. So, um, he is someone who I'm absolutely stoked to have on. Um, He is from Bakersfield, California. He spent his career so far in MLS, making a total of 216 appearances with 100 starts, scoring 26 times, and he's currently a DC United forward. He is the one, the only, Quincy Amariqua. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Um, how are you feeling after the game last night? I'm feeling pretty good, you know. Uh, good win. I think we, we as a team have been looking for a result here. Uh, these last couple weeks, and I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of the guys are breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief, but are uh, focused and looking forward to making a run for the playoffs. Yeah, um, as I was watching it last night, well, this morning for me anyway, and oh, it was absolutely fantastic to see that you guys absolutely look like you put 110% into literally everything and. Yeah, I breathe that uh, a collective sigh of relief with you guys. So it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I it was a fantastic win, especially when we were missing um, some well some key players against a very strong Galaxy side. So how how does it feel to actually get that win properly? You want to go into every game with a mindset of coming away with three points, but not going in recklessly. Uh, recklessly or um, more importantly underestimating your opponent so um, you want to come out and win every game but you also know that winning every game isn't sustainable uh, for as much as you don't want to admit that because (laughs) yeah right we're very competitive you want to win every time Um, your your goal out there is to win every game but you also know that this is soccer and there's a lot of uh, factors that go into it a lot of variables unpredictability um, you know, form of individuals, uh, form of the referees, form of the other team. Um, uh, there's just so many, there's so many elements, um, that go into it. So I think the, the idea is to go in with an understanding of, uh, where you are and what is, what is most important to be accomplished, to set yourself up to, to not only do well today, but in the future. So, um, I think, a game like this allows the team or our team to understand that 
we're at a point in time where we can really uh, pull away from our competition if we if we maintain the identity and culture we've built up to this point. Mm, that sounds pretty good. I like that. It sounds you sound confident. Let's put it that way. I like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was a few tweets going on after the game um, and during the game as well. Um, how was it, Mark and uh, Zlatan? It was interesting. I was a little disappointed, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, I was expecting his mentality to be stronger. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because there was a bit of a height difference. Let's put it that way. You seem to uh, put, him, put him in your back pocket a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's bigger physically, but I'm bigger mentally. So it balanced yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and... There's that video that's been going around, which I've noticed you've been liking, retweeting uh, about you and Alvarez when you got uh, yellow carded. Yeah, no, that was fun. It was a fun moment in the game. <laughs> it was. It, it did come across um, quite cool. What was going through your head at that point? I'm intrigued to find out. I guess the best way to describe it is I'm a winner mm. and I want to win. And I don't care if you don't like that I want to win. And I don't care if you don't like how I'm going to win. And I don't care how you feel about me winning. And, you know, the more I can see that you're not ready to see me win, the more it makes me want to beat you. So I was just reflecting to him what I saw him doing in that moment. Hmm. That's very interesting. Um, I know... People hearing that will be absolutely loving that. The fact that you just are a winner and you don't know anything else. So for me and other DC fans, thank you for that kind of mentality. That is fantastic. Um, other questions I've got for yourself. Um, what made you get into soccer growing up? Because um, I know soccer isn't, still isn't the biggest spot in the United States. But no, yeah, it's getting there especially with some of the players that are coming over and some of the players that have come through academies, it's all becoming better and better. But what made you get into it? So I'm, uh, um, I'm Nigerian. So my dad uh, immigrated here from Nigeria. And uh, as you mentioned, everywhere other than America, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. So um, that's how I was introduced to the sport. And, um, you know, been playing since I was three years old. Just uh, there's a Nigerian community game every Saturday out in Bakersfield. We still play to this day. Um, I actually even shot a little bit of it on my vlog. So I have a YouTube channel where I, I vlog. And um, in my off season, I, was, I, show, I show there the pickup game that we play every single Saturday. That um, it's basically where I, I, learned, I learned the game and probably had a huge... Uh, influence on my mentality and how I've approached it and and uh why I'm still why I'm still around today yeah yeah so who who was your idol uh, when you were developing your game growing up oh nobody I never watched anybody growing up no Mm-mm. I just enjoy playing the game I don't I don't like watching other people play the game oh that is that's is, uh, interesting is that something that you find across with other professional footballers or is that just something that you find with yourself? No, I would say I'm very much not the typical soccer player. Yeah. I think uh, Wayne just taught me, I think like two weeks ago, 
how the EPL works. So that's the first time I knew how the EPL works in like Champions League. Oh wow! Yeah, that, that's that's refreshing. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting choice of words. Yeah, no, I guess uh, when I look back, I feel that's probably been a huge advantage to me because I look at guys, I look at some of the maybe younger guys on the field and I see how they approach some of the bigger name players. And I can only assume that when they're looking at them, they're replaying all the highlights and things they've seen them do to other people over the course of their career. And but when I'm looking at them, I just see the man who's in front of me today. And that's the man I want. I'm going to beat. I think probably earlier on, it didn't help me because uh, I was uh, I was behind on the soccer IQ side of stuff. But the reason why I've been able to play the game so long is because I learned from uh, the players around me. So as I've risen through the ranks, the level of players I've played with has gone up. And since so, yeah, and my style of learning is just by watching the players around me and learning how to beat them. Maybe when starting out, I'm not to the level of the people around me. But as time goes on, I figure out how to play and how to beat them. So my level rises. So I'd say my my soccer IQ has has grown exponentially over the years. And now that I've gotten to a certain level of understanding of the game, I can look back and see, okay, what aspects of my game were the reason that allowed me to stick around long enough to develop the soccer IQ? Because that's not something I necessarily had access to, especially early on my career. As you said, growing up in Bakersfield, California, that's not that's not the soccer mecca of the world, you know? (laughs) Oh. So yeah, so I had to figure out how to beat who I was playing against. Otherwise, I wouldn't have survived. Fair. So who has been the best player you've played alongside then? Oh, okay. So that's a good question. There's uh, best players for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So learn something from every player I've ever played with, and I've I've had hundreds and hundreds of teammates because I'm considered I'm, I'm an MLS journeyman, right? Yeah. And uh, the way in which I've been looked at as a player over the years is just uh, uh, someone you bring in when everything's broken and you have no other choice and you're like, ah, fine, we'll give them an opportunity. Right. Um, And I've understood what my role is and how I'm looked at and how I'm perceived as a player since I've come in, come into the game. So that's not a like, Oh, I feel sorry for me or I feel bad for myself. I just go, okay, well there's a role to be played and I'll do that better than anyone else. So I'll always be needed. Maybe not how most players want to be needed, but that doesn't matter to me. Um, what that does is gives me an opportunity to play, um, to see other things and to learn and to just gain experience. So, um, to answer that, to answer your question, uh, man, I would say the, the, the smartest, uh, okay. One of the smartest players I played with was, uh, Mike McGee. He's extremely intelligent. Um, I would say overall, like, but like, Total in total, like uh, first touch, technical ability, soccer IQ, athleticism, you know, overall ability. I'd say Wayne is mm. definitely the best um, I've played with um, in to- in like in in total. If you're saying collectively, um, individual, individually, individually gifted, like talented, Lucho is up there. But I'd also say individually talented, but with uh but seasoned would be Piotti in Montreal. Yeah. Um uh Alea Silva when I was in Montreal 
was really great on the one v ones, and his um, his engine he could just run. Mm. Uh, Safir while I was in Montreal impressed me as well too. Um, Sanya at right back, how he um, he was composure on the ball was very impressive to me. Um, Connor Casey's ability to finish, Wondolowski's ability to first time. Uh, first time touch and then um wando's uh constant steady pace mm. um i i liken it to uh, I, i'm not saying he's a turtle because he's slow i'm like <laughs> i'm liking it to because i was just talking to my wife about this today um i think there's a spectrum and most people try to play in the middle but you want to play in the extremes so you either want to be like the slowest on the field or you want to be the fastest in the middle everyone's paying attention but if you're the slowest no one's really paying attention to you because everyone knows they can beat you so just like a turtle when you see a turtle you look at it and then you go oh okay you can't move too quick you can't do nothing so you don't pay attention by the time you look at him he's on the other side of the room and you're like what what happened <laughs> right so yeah. that's that's how i describe wando's game it's not that he's like as slow as a turtle but his pace is constant and you eventually uh tune out you don't pay attention to him. So um, I learned uh, so that from from Wando, and then his just his one touch finishing is ridiculous. I I just I would guess like 95% of all of his finishes were our one touch finishes inside the 18. Nice. Um, who else? Um, I played with Henri for a little bit while I was at New York for the two weeks while I was there. Tim Cahill. Yeah, see now you're making me think about everybody. <laughs> uh, Omar Cummings. Uh, Pablo Mastroni in the middle, um, Jamie Smith, Brian Mullen, uh, uh, Tyrone Marshall. I, I think it's fair to say you've played with some fantastic players. Oh, yeah, a lot. Sean Johnson. Yeah, yeah Sean Johnson. Um, I've played with, yeah, I've played with a whole, I'm, and I'm I'm not naming a whole bunch of other ones, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But with each and every single person, when I'm, because I'm watching there in the moment, so I'm looking at them and I'm I'm understanding why they're here now and what they've done and done well and then what it is that they don't do well and then drawing a conclusion as to what I believe will serve them in the future or will be a disservice to them in the future. And then I'm adjusting my game and how I approach it based based upon that at every position. So goalie to defenders to midfielders to forwards. That's that's awesome. I mean, just listen back on those some of those players that you've played again played with. That's unreal. Absolutely a lot of experience there. And yeah, you've obviously picked up on a lot because in that game last night watching you play, you were just in the right and a lot of the times you were in the right place at the right time and towards the end of the game where you were just picking up the ball and just just keeping hold of it and shrugging people off and drawing their fouls and buying some time for the side that was that was clever let's put it that way thank you i appreciate that not too many people have associated that word with my game yeah uh, before. yeah which oh. which has been uh my advantage yeah a bit, a bit of an underdog kind of thing really mm-hmm. um so you've you've named quite a lot of players that you've played alongside who has been the toughest opponent Mm, toughest in, in what way um so for example um 
defenders wise um trying to beat the opponents is there someone that has been tougher than than the others um in that kind of respect um i'd say a really smart defender that i played with was um clarence goodson Mm. um he's very smart in his positioning and how he would make he do well to delay to make the play predictable for the guys around him it also depends on what era you're talking about, right? So I'd like to say there's MLS 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Like MLS 2.0, let's say when I first joining the league, is a very athletically dominated league. Like if you do, if you're not strong and fast, uh, it almost didn't matter how clever you were on the ball because most of us weren't. Most of us weren't trying to think our way through the game. It was just, it was just like college extended. Like the most strong and athletic guys from college are here just fighting each other on the field and the ball happens to pop out. Like that's, that's, that's kind of what it was during that time. Talking about like big guys like Alave, uh, Hymason, I think it's Hymason Alave, uh, Ugo Hemelu, Chad Marshall back in his prime, Tyrone Marshall, um, big like bruisers, these mm. guys. So I'm not saying that they weren't smart. Like Ty- uh, Chad Marshall is definitely a smart player. So is um, uh, Tyrone Marshall. Um, but physically these were, these were big guys and games were, uh, were battles, you know, as the league has kind of progressed, the league has definitely turned towards protecting its more skillful players and getting more to a football type of, uh, game, you know, which I enjoy, um, for as, for being probably considered and labeled an athletic, um, an athletically gifted or an athletically, uh, favorable player, um, my preference has always been the um, the mental side of the game, the thinking side of it, trying to outthink your opponent. But it's my athleticism that allowed me to stick around long enough so that I could show that I can be a you know um, a thinking type of player. Mm. So um, hopefully I answered your question with that. Yeah, um, I mean as you, you've touched on quite a few times um, about the mental side of things, I see you kind of tweet quite a bit about sort of mental strength league yes can you, can you talk to me about that and um, what that entails and what it's all about yeah so um you know so i go live on the on my on the perfect soccer account over on instagram every thursday and uh you know so i usually started off with uh, it's called the ask a soccer the hashtag ask a soccer pro show uh I'm your host, 11-year MLS pro Quincy Marquois, and um, uh, 11-year MLS uh, Major League Soccer. And I know I said I've been in my 11th year of MLS Major League Soccer, but here on the show we talk about the MSL. And the MSL is the Mental Strength League. So the MSL is a game, um, a mental game that I developed that has allowed me to learn what it is I need to learn and do to to um, beat my opponent and stick around at the professional level for what has now been over a decade. And um, on the show, I break down the processes and systems that I've developed over the years so that um, so that individuals who are interested and usually get connected to me through soccer, soccer is usually how we, we get connected, um, to apply uh, these lessons and these processes so they can find success both on and off the field. So these, these processes um, uh, my process is called the AmeriCorps process. I've coined it as the AmeriCorps 
AmeriCorps process. Uh, it's a seven-step process that anyone can implement and, and do at any stage and point in their life, and they can apply it to anything, um, work, relationship, life, or other related. And it's just a way of, of uh, tackling any problem. And uh, I like to define problems as temporary obstacles because that's all they are. Um, and formulate a plan to overcoming your temporary obstacles and then moving forward. So it's, it's really a philosophy that you is all you need to get to wherever you want to be or go in life and soccer. And um, building a community and a group of, uh, uh, yeah, building a community of like-minded individuals so we can help each other keep the, uh, accomplish those goals, but um, offering you and giving you the tools necessary so that you is all you need. Uh, it's really a no excuses philosophy. It's an adapt or die philosophy. It's a kill or be killed philosophy. It's very extreme. Um, um, it's very extreme from the outside perspective, but once you really understand what it means and what it represents, it's it's um, actually a very conservative philosophy that it allows you to know that you're in control of your future, which is both extremely liberating and extremely scary at the same time. That's pretty pretty cool to say the least. Um, how how do people find out about that then? How can they start learning that sort of mental side of things well um well typically i guess the easiest way is just to join me on my lives every thursday because that's what we talk about um and then i also put the the live replays up on our youtube account perfectsoccerskills.com slash aasp um and you can learn more about you can learn and get the process kind of going there i'll probably be in the i'm in the process of like thinking over and putting a book together, but I'll, I do like public speaking from time to time. I just went, I did one at, um, Bill Hamid's camp. Yeah. So, um, the first, so I said it's the AmeriCorps process is a seven step process, but the most important part, uh, pieces of the process are the first three steps of the process. So I think the most important skill and attribute that any individual needs in order to find any level of success. And I define success as anything, whatever you define success to be for yourself is to be self-aware. And I think a lot of people have heard that phrase before, self-awareness, okay, self-awareness. But um, what I, I've spent a lot of time making sure I've focused on doing, especially when I'm speaking and teaching, is how to accomplish whatever word or idea that I'm presenting. So self-awareness sounds good. If I said, hey, the key to your success is self-awareness, you'd be like, okay, great. But uh, I have to define what self-awareness is and more importantly, how to create the experience of self-awareness for you. And that's what the first three steps in the AmeriCorps process is. So um, I call it the three S's of self-awareness. So it's step one, self-honesty. Step two is self-initiative. And step three is self-accountability. And I, I kind of break those down into how do you be self-honest with yourself? How do you start? How do you, um, if, how do you find out if you're being honest with yourself? How do you find out if you've been lying to yourself? Um, and, and once you figure that out, how do you move on to how do you take action um, once you've uh, figured that out or decided what it is that you want to do. And then more importantly, how to uh, remain disciplined and keep yourself accountable to what it is that you've set out to achieve. So these are concepts and ideas. Obviously, it takes a little bit longer than like two or three minutes to go into them. Um, but um, I go into them uh, at length in the show and definitely on the live replays, which should be up on the account. So if someone's interested in there, in that, they should, should definitely start there and then join in on the live because then we can really get into um we can get into specific questions based on your specific experience and then we can we collaboratively discuss lessons learned amongst uh, from myself just in soccer and in life as well as just the community at large and we uh we figure out ways to um 
refine our processes for ourselves individually because each person has their own you know advantages and disadvantages and what may work for me may not work for you so the process that we're putting in place is a process that allows you to figure out how to make it work for yourself cool i like that um i might even tune in myself just to see what it is all about and see if it will work for myself so thank you for that um i've got one last question for you okay how do you see the season finishing Ooh. If you want to know, okay. If you want to know how I see the the season finishing, you should definitely go onto my personal Instagram account, right at Quincy Marquois, and uh, check out uh, the Quinspiracy highlight underneath on my on my stories. Yeah. So yeah, so there you go. That'd be better. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. That's a good answer. Non-committal. Let's put it that way. Um, it, it's it's more so. Uh, no, it's more so we're in the information age, right? Hmm. So uh, we have access to information, which makes us not value the information we have access to. So if you want the right answer, you'll have to work for it. Ooh, I like, I like. Um, well, that is all the questions I've got. Um, have you got any questions for myself by any chance? Or... Of course, of course. Yeah, Q&A. Yes, let's well, do it. Yeah, I've got questions and answers. You know, yeah. it's not it's not a coincidence, and this might just be a quinspiracy. Oh. Mm. So, what made you get interested? I know you're based in the UK, but what made you get interested in uh, American soccer? Right. So, um, I did do a, quite a bit of a post on this on my website, um, but kind of the whole American soccer thing. Um, DC United themselves, um, they bought a player when they first were created from my English team, uh, Middlesbrough, yeah. uh, by, by the name of Jaime Moreno. Okay. Bit of a bit of a MLS legend, I want to say. And and it was kind of that was when I kind of knew of them. But back in 2004, roughly speaking, um, a little player called Freddie Adu and the whole football manager football game um that kind of got me into it and i started using dc united a lot more because i knew of them and and i've just been following it and on the game as well as in real life and i finally managed to get to my first game last year um when i was uh, on a family holiday and i was back again this year for the game uh, that you started against against montreal impact okay i like that all right, so here here we go. Yep. So you got to give you you know an easier one to start off with. So okay. what's the biggest lesson you've learned so far this year? Ooh, the fact that I have now got the confidence to actually come out and ask and speak to people like yourself. It's not um, a case of it used to be. Well, it used to be a case that I would think it'll never happen. It won't happen to me. I could never build something from nothing, but I've built this kind of supporters group. Um, started less than six months ago. I've got many, I've got a few members now. I've got many followers on Twitter. I'm 18 episodes into doing this podcast, and yeah, and I've got a professional soccer player interviewing, and it is just it's kind of nice to know that actually I can do that and I can work hard to build into something that could be fantastic and I can't wait for the next few years to see what this actually becomes and how big it could be. Well, congratulations. 
Um, what do you think is uh, the biggest mistake most people are making? Not having enough confidence, I think. Um, because people can do whatever they want when they put their mind to it. It's just having the guts, the guts, uh, the gusto to do it, and having the confidence to say, you know what, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. There's lessons to be learned. It's not a case of it's never usually life or death situation. It's just a case of if it goes wrong, I'll learn from my mistakes. I'll move on. Nothing. You can't come back from. You can always come back from everything. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just so for me. The biggest mistake most people have is not having enough confidence and not having a good enough guts so to uh, go out and do stuff. Okay. So so speaking to someone who might not have confidence, right? Mm. How do you get confidence? What's that process? It for me, it's the way I I've gained the confidence to do it. It's kind of do it bit by bit, getting outside of your comfort zone. It seems like a scary world obviously going outside your comfort zone it's obviously not comfortable um but once you know actually it's not that bad um you then that's where the confidence builds so it's just doing it for me it was just bit by bit um and this whole podcast thing it was started off with short episodes of 12 15 minutes long and i've built it i've asked people to come on i've done interviews i've interviewed a few different people now and the episodes are just getting longer and longer and better and better as my confidence has grown and grown and this speaking to you now is I mean before this before we start the um, interview if I'm honest I was shaking and now I'm absolutely fine it's not exactly you're not out of my comfort zone anymore I'm happy to be interviewing yourself Mm. so it was yeah, like I said, it was getting outside of the comfort zone and doing it bit by bit. And as I said, having the confidence to speak to yourself and now I'm absolutely fine. Yeah, I would say it's don't do too much to once because, yes, that's going to be far too much and you're just going to go backwards. Do it bit by bit. Build yourself outside of the comfort zone. And then that's how, for me, you'd gain more confidence without going too far. No, I appreciate you sharing that. That's all right. Any other questions? When are we going to speak next? That is a very good question. Um, hopefully very soon. Because this has been an absolute pleasure having you on. And it's been absolutely fantastic. So I would love to speak to you again very, very soon. Um, obviously, I would like to speak to some of your teammates as well, if that if that could ever be organized. So. That would be good. Yep, of course. Um, so, I know. I know a lot. We're we're um, on the on our perfect soccer account and stuff. We've been getting some of my old teammates to come and kind of share their stories and and um, and talk about their mindset of being a pro and how they got to where they're at. So I'm I'm sure that um, a lot of them really enjoyed it on that side. So I definitely let them know that you are more than capable and ready and willing to interview them uh, when when they're wanting to. So if we're wanting to do that, I can definitely hopefully put you in contact with a couple of guys and you can continue to grow your audience and, and uh, your channel. And I'm looking forward to seeing where you're at in the next two to three years. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Quincy. Um, as I said, 
absolute blast having you on the show um and hopefully we will do we will speak soon so um thank you quincy and thank you for being on thanks for having me cheers so that was the interview with quincy um absolutely fantastic to have him on and yeah please do check out his mental strength league so if you follow him at his uh, instagram account you'll find all the information there so that's at quincy and mariqua um i'll leave the details in the show notes so feel free just to hop onto that and click through um we've got a slight change um to the schedule um because i'm going to be joined by um sarah Colassi again um I was just going to talk about it by myself, but, you know, I thought, why not invite someone to talk on about it with me? So we're going to head back over to Skype again, and we're going to speak with Sarah. So I have Sarah with me, as I've uh, just mentioned, in that lovely little transition piece that I did between Quincy and now um so I've got Sarah here with me today just to kind of go over the rest of the podcast to be honest because it's always better with company um doing this kind of thing isn't it Sarah hey James yeah absolutely it's great to be on again so thank you for having me that's all right incredibly short notice I know I mean literally what two minutes ago <laughs> but hey oh so galaxy game last night how was it for you Sarah being there it was absolutely amazing. I know I had been speaking with you just before I got to Audi Field, and there was so much changeover in the starting 11 and just so many moving pieces last night. It was really an incredible match to be at, and we got a win at home, so no complaints. No, not at all. Um, for those who haven't seen, um, why, where have you been? Why are you living under a rock? But the the lineup was massively changed there was no Lucio Costa which was a bit of a shock but I'm kind of pleased because a few of us have been asking for that to happen um I think the biggest shock was Rooney not playing um that was down to illness which I think we could all put it down just the, the amount of traveling he's done this week no absolutely I mean he went over to the UK and back all within the space of three days and Definitely not a short flight. Official word on the street was that he had an upper respiratory infection, which I can imagine if anyone's been in any sort of airplane or airports long enough, they just breed sickness. Yeah, and even just having the the aircon on the planes, that's bad enough. And if you've got someone who was ill on there, then obviously that just goes up by tenfold. So. Hopefully he'll be back for uh, this weekend's game against Vancouver, which, again, is even more travel. Oh, my goodness. DC is about to travel for an entire day just to get to Vancouver. So I hope that goes well. And then they're heading back for a Wednesday match against our Atlantic rivals, the New York Red Bulls, on Wednesday. So it's going to be a bit of a rough few days. It's, the roster is going to be stretched, I reckon. Um, so it was kind of good in last night's game that it was quite a bit of a changed lineup. So we had no pints. Um, he was 
dropped or rested, depending on which way you look at it. Um, Harrow moved to defensive midfield, which was um, unusual. So Robinson deputised in his place. Uh, Mora returned to the lineup. Uh, you had Quincy obviously deputising in for the injured Rooney. Uh, Ariola replaced uh, Acosta. How did you? What did you make of um, Ariola playing in the attacking mid role? You know, I actually really liked seeing Paul there and flanked out by Titi and Yuli. They did a really fantastic job. From where I was sitting in the press box, there were a few just incredible pieces between Paul and Yuli, and just the fire and tenacity that the three of them brought to the match last night. I really liked them there, actually. It was nice to see. Yeah, it was, uh, for me, it was, Ariola played his heart out last night, and it was just, uh, to be honest, the whole team played their hearts out. It was such, it was a breath of fresh air to see that. And there is something I want to touch on about the game, but not just yet. I want to leave that till the end of the game, to the end because I don't want to be talking about it right now. Um, you probably know what I'm talking about there. I think so. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a treat to see an 11 on the field just completely empty the tank and really push for that win. If they were not going to win last night, they, as sure as anything, were going to drop trying. Yeah. Each and every one of them, 110% last night. Yeah, I think each and every player earned every fan's respect for the way they played last night. And you could see when the final whistle went, the amount of players that just dropped to their knees and just looked up to the skies. And you could see just, for me, it was kind of their shoulders just kind of relaxed. And it was like, we finally got that win. It was against a really top team with who brought in a fantastic youth player in Christian Pavon. And they 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 came out with a very strong side, and for us to put kind of our B stroke C team out, the fact that we beat them, that shows how much depth we've had and got in that squad. And you know, it's something really interesting, and I'll have some more of this in an article I'm about to put out a bit later today. But I spoke with Jalen Robinson and I spoke with Quincy after the match in the locker room. And Jalen had just some really incredible things to say. You know, he talked about how deep DC United really is. And he's spent years playing with the second team. And he said, look, you know, they're really good and people don't see it, but they're just phenomenal. There is depth there. And people don't know who they are, but hopefully with matches like the one we had last night, you know, our supporters will. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I'm just pleased that we've got that win. There was that second goal from uh, Rodriguez. That was, it was kind of well-deserved with the amount of fight that we were putting in. And I do feel sorry for the Galaxy keeper because he did make some, those two good saves, but it was just, Unfortunate for them and great for us. And holy Bill Hamid. <laughs> Can we what? just have a minute to talk about that one, James? Oh, well, which one? Because there was that save in the first half um, towards the before half time where he dives low to his right and he just puts that hand out and then dives on top of it like a cat. 
that was fantastic. And then I think I know which one you're talking about. Absolutely. And that was that that save against Zlatan. Oh, even the I mean that's got to be save of the season. Bill even when he looked up, it was almost like he didn't believe what had happened. <laughs> Because that shot just came right through the crowd of players. I don't even know how Bill hones his reflexes that perfectly because you almost couldn't see it coming. Yeah, it traveled at some speed. I was watching the highlights back this morning uh, because, you know, got to when you win. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Watched it many times. And, yeah, the commentator was like, it just came at Adam like a rocket. And it really did. It was just... Zlatan couldn't have connected any better to that, and I don't think he could have placed it any better. It was just the fact that we had Bill Hamid in goal, and he's just been fantastic all season for us. I honestly don't know how they chose man of the match last night, because each one of those players put in just such a superb performance. It was, to me, almost impossible to choose. You had so many spectacular choices, Bill was fantastic. Titi was fantastic. Paul, a Quincy with just trolling the galaxy. <laughs> that was incredible. We need to retweet the meme of that into infinity for sure. Oh, absolutely. I did actually um, ask him about what was going through his head when he actually did that at that time. So You'll have to have a cheeky listen to that and see see what he has to say about that because that was um that was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. So that was kind of the story of the Galaxy game. It felt a bit like David versus Goliath. If do you agree with that? Quite literally, we had um we had Jalen Robinson going up against Zlatan just man to man and oh my goodness just you have Zlatan who towers over everyone except maybe you James because you're you're quite tall yeah I mean Zlatan's just he's a bit of a short person to me really I we mean, should have put you out there then yeah I mean that would have I would have just lent on him but then he probably would have gone down screaming and I would have been sent off because I'm not Zlatan there were definitely quite a bit of theatrics on the pitch last night. I feel like there should have been an award given. It was really impressive, actually. I don't know if you saw better since you were watching on television than I did, but... Zlatan, in particular, was a bit over the top, I thought. There was a few times when you think he's gone down and he's clutching his hair and you think, if, if that's true, then he's got quite a bit of a serious injury, then he's back up and he's running around and it's kind of like, hmm... That's not right. But, you know, annoyingly, this is what happens um, and what you get in European football, um, in South American football. Um, they, because they're quite quick, generally speak, and they've, and they, if they get that slight knock, they do go down and it does look a bit over the top. But they, I've got to make themselves a bit more obvious about it, I think, because... <laughs> You know, they've kind of, I don't know where I'm going with this one, but they just seem to be a bit more obvious about their injuries that they've got there. I mean, I'm using inverted commas on that one. Because um, they just seem to get back up again. It's like, hmm, really? Were you crying for being tapped on the leg? Hmm. 
Well, and you know, I think that's what part of the reason Audi Field sold out last night. People were coming to see the show. They were coming to see the showdown. I know there's quite a bit of disappointment at not seeing Rooney and Zaton on the pitch at the same time. Because that was really something folks had wanted to see. Yeah, that was uh, kind of the key build up to the whole game. But, you know, it is what it is. He didn't play. That worked to our advantage massively because I don't think LA were kind of expecting that. What a match. What a match. Yeah. What can we say? That is kind of up there with one of the games of the season, I think. In terms of excitement, in terms of effort, DC was out there as a team and they were out to win. Yeah, it was just, I enjoyed it and hopefully we'll get the same again this weekend, which we are up against Vancouver. And as you rightly said, Sarah, they're going to spend a full day traveling, which is going to be a bit of a stretch on the old legs. Oh, yes. And we're, I'm sure, a traveling coach. Unfortunately for the guys, but sorry, so that I said I believe they're going to be traveling economy class as usual. Oh, unfortunately for the guys, so I hope there's no travel issues. Oh, that I mean, it, that's kind of the going thing with MLS sides, though, isn't it? You they just fly with everyone else, and it's kind of it surprises me all the time, and I don't understand why they're forced to do that. I think it has something to do with the amount of spending and they're only allowed a certain amount of charter flights each season. Who knows? Perhaps this is the time they're going to use it. I kind of hope so because it's quite a distance. I'm curious, though, to see Martins going back to the Whitecaps and to see if he starts. Because really, this would be his time to prove himself as... He wants to be part of this D.C. United team and to kind of take some of the ire out of the supporters for him coming over. I, I don't think there were. I think there was less anger against himself and more anger against Dave Casper for that transfer. But um, from what I was reading online. But you know what? He played really, really well against Galaxy. I was thoroughly impressed with him. Um, and. I, I think he does deserve to start again um, against Vancouver. And there's no reason why he shouldn't. Granson Moreno comes back. Um, so I reckon Harrow will then drop back to right back. And unfortunately, Robinson will be back to the bench. But it's I, I think we'll do quite all right as long as we show the same passion and drive that we did against uh, Galaxy. So... I was looking at the league table at the moment. Vancouver is sat at bottom. Any thoughts on what we could expect against Vancouver? Um, You know me. Superstitious is yeah. all get out with any predictions. I'd like to see us take a win up there. We could definitely use the points for sure. And we could definitely use the morale boost. Mm. You know, I really like Jalen in that right back position so I'm going to be sad to see him out of there I think he has some things he could work on and just really own that role but I think you're right yeah it's it's difficult because Haru has been fairly consistent throughout the season and 
he's been great for us at that right back position or right wing back would depend on what formation we've decided to play but and it was good to see us with a back four again I think we needed that and hopefully Ben will continue with that formation because we have looked stronger this start this half of the season with a four back rather than the three back um so yeah hopefully we'll do all right um the the travel is going to be an absolute killer so I'd expect to see some tired legs but I would like to see Boateng um, make his debut, though. Um, it was disappointing that he didn't make it against Galaxy. I thought that would have been a right time for him to come on and play against his old side and show them what they've missed out on. But you know what? I'm, I can't fault Ben for for not making any substitutions for once. You know, we actually we were asking him about that after the match because he did have a really great bench set up. And he said, you know... The guys had already built out their partnerships. They had the rhythm of the match. And he said, you know, I was risking fatigue for familiarity. Yeah. It's, and I'm, he said, sometimes it bites you, but tonight it worked out. So. Yeah, it's it's look at the draw, but he, I'm glad he did it. Um, it's not something I always agree with. But for this occasion, you could see that, yes, as you said, the rhythm was there. We had good tempo. We were reading the game well. We just had plays in the right places. Um, Quincy was dropping a little bit further deeper to help out with the defensive side of part of it. And then when he got the ball, he kept the ball and drew a foul. And it, it just, everything kind of worked. And yes, we didn't have, we had 30% possession. Yes, we didn't have the 29 shots or whatever Galaxy had. Oh my goodness. But we had more goals, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Goals win games. Yeah. Possession doesn't win you football. Goals do. Um, <laughs> How productive you are when you're on the ball. Well, that's. I, mean, I was, was on Twitter mentioned earlier on today. We didn't. It didn't look like that we had that little possession because when we had it, we looked threatening. And it looked like we were going to do something with it all the time. So, yeah, um, if that's what we need to win and get through the rest of the season, I'm going to take it. It's not the prettiest, but if it wins you in an MLS Cup, God, I would love that. You know, though, it was fun to watch and it was efficient. It Hmm. was efficient football, really. To yeah. produce that much with that little possession, and the guys were just exciting to watch on the pitch. I think Quincy was just about everywhere. Paul was it, laying on the gas the entire match. I've seen Segura run, I think, more in the match last night. I, I didn't realize he was that fast. He doesn't look it, does he? He look, He's quite a hefty, kind of well-built guy. Yeah, he's I mean, a bigger I mean, guy. i kind of kind on that one. But he, he can put a shift in. Let's put it that way. I was so impressed seeing him. I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow, you're really taking off. And we don't see it regularly. So it was an exciting one. Yeah. I used, to be honest, Segura, um, just to go back on to him, he's impressed me a lot this season. I didn't rate him at all. But this season, he's come in and every time he's played, he's done the job properly. And I can't argue with that at all. He's yeah, he's he's turned my head around on him. He's gone from being 
why have we still got him? Why is he on the bench? Why is he starting to actually, you know what? He's pushing for a first team place and that's good for the side. It was so nice to see so many of the players starting that don't regularly start and to see them have a chance and really give that 90 minutes. They prove their fitness. They prove their skill. It was impressive. It really was. What wasn't impressive, though, was the fans in the first half. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch upon it um, because I have had some conversations over on Twitter about it with some people. And I get the protest. I Everyone has the right to protest. What was weird, in a way, was... The, one, the lack of communication behind it. Um, and I saw someone on Twitter saying that they have no presence on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's 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 a big mistake for the first. Um, because in this day and age, you need to have some kind of presence online if you want to get your message out. Um, and they, it was kind of bizarre because there was still chanting going on, but... If they weren't wanting to make any noise, then surely they should have had got everyone to rally around that and actually not do any chanting. But you had some chants going on and it was kind of like, this is just weird. It's a sellout. You've given the money to the front office who you're protesting against. I just found it really bizarre. Um, How was it in the ground? It was the strangest thing to be in the stadium, to have DC United on the pitch, and to not hear any sort of coherent cheering or support for the players. And I was actually sat up next to some media that were covering LA Galaxy, and they said, you know, man, the sound at Audi Field is really bad. Like, no one is cheering, no one is, you know, really caring about the team. And it was just absolutely bizarre. But what I will say, James, that was interesting to me is the other fans in the stadium, the other supporters, did try to pick up some of that. And there were points where the entire stadium, at least the non-LA Galaxy supporters, were cheering and were getting up on their feet. They were clapping. They were chanting. That's kind of nice to see that happen because that doesn't happen that often and you don't really see that often in MLS in general you see that the whole crowd getting involved in more kind of English football um European football um in general so it's still it's still I still find it bizarre in in MLS the fact that you've got a supporters stand and that's the only stand that gets to cheer in a way um so for me it's always nice to hear the whole crowd getting involved and the only time i've seen that happen before in for a dc game anyway was our playoff match against columbus yes that for me that was that was hair on on my arms just standing up it just gave me goosebumps and that was me watching it not even being there so i can't imagine what it was like were you at that game i was there and that was absolutely everything. I had my son with me. He was really little in the carrier and my husband was with me. And 
it was just every single person was on their feet and every single person was cheering. And that match was the most exciting match I've been to and since then, <laughs> really, <laughs> since then. For me, when I was watching it, the whole passion, the emotional roller coaster of the whole game, it truly, truly reminded me of being at the Riverside Stadium here in the UK for my team, Middlesbrough. And it properly reminded me of things like the European nights that we had when we were in in the, uh, what's now the Europa League, but in the UEFA Cup back then. And the whole stadium, and it was just, it just filled me with a lot of pride to see that the whole stadium was involved in. I mean, I was, it was, I think it finished at half past three in the morning. And I was just, I was still buzzing at that time. And it was just like, whoa, what, what have I just experienced? Um, I've not felt that for such a long time. So it was nice to see. I stopped going forward. We keep that going. I hope so. And I think what that protest kind of showed last night is, you know, we do have fans that are willing to stand up and they're willing to support the team. It's going to take some more direction, but it also showed a really big disconnect in our supporter groups. And I've seen that a bit the past few weeks. I know every group now has their own tailgating space, but everybody's separate. And it's kind of, I don't know if it's an interesting analogy or what it is, but it really shows kind of there is a divide and maybe not as much communication between the groups as there used to be. Even if they didn't always get along, they used to see each other tailgating and have conversations. Now it's maybe not so much the case. Mm. It is disappointing to see. It's just kind of, for me, I just want to just grab them by the scruff of the neck and just go, what are you doing? Um, and just get them just to sit down and I just have a meeting with just everyone there and just be formal be civil and just go look we need to work together um yes there's a fine with the different supporters groups that's not a problem and you get that everywhere but just work together and just who cares who's the loudest or who cares who brings the most food and beer to a tailgate just work together and just get along and just be there for the team And that's really the bottom line is being there for the team because, you know, who gets punished at the end of the day? It's really the players on the pitch that get so pumped up from knowing they have loyal support. Yeah. You're you're not punishing the front office. You've already paid them for the tickets. And, you know, you're not punishing anyone else. You're punishing the players. So. Yeah, that's it. And then. I mean, gone punishing the front office. The only way you're going to punish the front office is not by being there, because you've, as you said, you've paid for the tickets. Two, you've probably bought beer because of the beer showers mm-hmm. when you go score the goal. So you've bought the beer, and it's just all they've done by not singing is just made the stadium seem quiet, like Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's what it kind of reminded me of was match at the Emirates it was just yeah it was bizarre but I know it happened yeah it's happened now we've we 
at the end of the game, the crowd sounded brilliant. So the second half was fantastic. We won the game. That's just I just want everyone just to kind of draw a line in the sand. I just move on. Hundred percent agree with you. And I hope we can get it together, especially for the next home match, which is going to be our rivalry match with the Red Bulls. I can't wait for that one. I'm so psyched yeah. for that match. Hopefully another sellout and hopefully everyone will bring the noise to beat the Red Bulls. And I'm a bit concerned, actually, because we're really close in terms of points. They've mm. got a match in hand. NYCFC's got good couple matches. Like, oh, my goodness. They do, but they're not on good form at the moment. They've been dropping points left, right and centre recently. They're only one point behind us, which is a bit concerning. So if they do kind of get the act together. Yeah, as as long as, for me, as long as we stay in the top four, then we'll be fine because we get that home home game in in the playoff run. So it's going to be an interesting end to the season. Um, Definitely. I think it's going to be a damn sight more interesting than the Western Conference because, you know, you've got... (laughs) LAFC have just run away with it, so who Wait, cares about that Wait, hold on, one? are you sure? Are you sure LAFC is going to... Um, right, let me just think about it for three seconds. No, I don't need to. Yes, yes, they're going to run away with it. I mean, their points became 2.29. That's just ridiculous. 55 massive points, too. Yeah. And only four defeats and three ties. Uh, sorry, four ties. No, no, three defeats and four ties. My, I read that That's wrong. That's even worse. No. That's just insane. Absolutely insane. Wow. What a team. I'm just glad we only had to play them once. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was just mental. Um, But anyway, so a bit more about the Vancouver game. Um, It's their bomb of the Western Conference. They're not doing well at the moment. Um, They're only worse at... There's only one team worse than them in the support shield, which is Cincinnati, um, which is pretty poor, to say the least. And I don't know. It's we always. I don't want to make a prediction. I didn't make a prediction last night uh, for the game last night. I think I'm going to stay away from predictions. Absolutely. I refuse to do it because, again, it's. And I'm air quoting here the MLS and anything can happen. (laughs) And, you know, I think the best thing that DC can do right now is keep 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 that team mentality going forward. Don't underestimate anyone. Empty the tank every match. Whatever we did last night, we need to keep doing it. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that that picture that was sent out with Ben Olsen celebrating at the end of the game. That just showed, I mean, obviously, I know, I know I've just done a little picture about it, but um, it just showed how much it's meant to not only him, but to everyone. And we I just, just need to keep that going. So we just need to, I would like to see a consistent lineup because it showed that we have got that depth. But it's nice to know that we can bring in good quality players if we need to. I'm absolutely just stoked to see what happens next and especially i'm wondering if kamara is going to be available for vancouver and then for the match against the red bulls fingers crossed um he is because i, I don't know some visa issues going on 
Yeah, it's just bizarre because Pavon was absolutely fine. He signed after Kamara and his visa was sorted. So, pull your fingers out, get it sorted. We want to see him play. We've spent, we've spent good money on him. Yeah, the second um, highest transfer fee ever, two and a half million. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but for DC, that's a lot of money. For DC, that's a bit of money, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, we just want to see him play, so hopefully he gets his visa sorted out in time for the next game. Um, I want to go through the questions and thoughts section now, if that's all right. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. So, a few questions have, been, have come in. Um, nothing's come in since we've been recording, so we're going to stop the stop the clock there. Um, so, the first question. So, Laura... Um, has come in and said, and if you want to find her on Twitter, um, it's at Laura K A K U K. I'm not even going to pronounce the second bit because I will embarrass myself doing so. I will happily say that. Uh, but she has said she would love to know our thoughts on Lucha not only being benched, but not even subbed on, and what it means for what she assumes will be his last eight games. So, Sarah, your thoughts. Oh, well, first off, Laura, you're fantastic and one of the most positive people on DC United Twitter. Laura's just great. And so I think we already kind of went through a bit of Ben Olsen not making any subs. He talked about the partnerships, the rhythm of the game, and that he just felt, you know, the tempo was right. And he didn't want to risk the familiarity of the match. So that's fair enough. And we did ask him in the press conference last night about Lucho playing. And I know one of the journalists had asked, you know, are you trying to send him a message? And Ben, Ben's just a good guy. And he said, you know, no, we're not trying to send Lucho a message. He said, I just made a coach's decision. I put in the squad that I felt could win. And, you know, maybe he's also given Lucho a little bit of rest. He didn't so much as say that, but he's been starting in just about every match. So it's a lot. It is. It is and for MLS, it's you've got all that travel. So if you start in every game, then, yeah, you're going to need a rest. I mean, I feel like Wayne's burns himself a little bit out this season. I don't think he's realized actually how taxing it is, all this travel on, on the body. So, um, And even the fact that he wasn't even in the 18 for this week so yeah for me it's obviously it's now that I know that Ben has just made the coach's decision rather than sending him a message from the outside that's what it looked like and that's what was okay. kind of being said before the game had kicked off um, after the lineups had been announced but if he's made a coach's decision it must be down to the fitness which is absolutely fine if that is the case it just made, it just goes to show that we don't have to rely on him, and we've got good players who can deputise. And it's his contract is running out. I assume it's his last eight games. It, hopefully more, if we, as long as we get the playoffs and a good run in the playoffs. Um, and it just goes to show a post-Costa world isn't a bad world. We can still win matches. We can still take points. And I mean. Rooney and Acosta were missed last night, of course. They definitely bring something to the match, but 
we proved, hey, okay, we can go out there against a really great side against Slayton, and we can get those three points. Might not be the prettiest, but we can do it. Exactly. So if, it, if Acosta didn't play again, I'm not going to be totally sad. I would love to see him get a nice little send-off uh, because 28, second half of 2018 was an absolute fantastic second half of the season. Best second half of the season from many player I've seen for such a long time. Um, yes, his head would have been turned and the failed transfer to PSG, that's going to take anyone's confidence away. But hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll end on a high, um, not just for him, but also for Wayne and the whole team. So if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. If he does, let's hope he plays his heart out for the club. Right on with that, James. Right on with that. So, next question. So, this is from David. Um, you can find him on Twitter at ShamsWriter. Um, that's S-H-A-M-S, Writer. And he has come up with a couple of things. Uh, but first question is, do you think... Sorry, do you think Felipe earned a permanent starting spot last night? Personally, he thought he filled in well and even performed better than Canals, Durkin or Moreno have all season. What do you think, Sarah? I think he put in a really great match, and you know, he just joined the team. He started, he did full 90 minutes, put in good effort. I know he's not a fan favorite, but talking to him afterward in the locker room, he really does care about being a team player, and he does care about earning trust, both from his teammates and from the supporters. So I'd say great performance. Guy's got a good head on his shoulders, and let's see what he can do. He was great. Yeah. And has he, in your eyes, earned a full-time starting 11 spot? I liked what I saw last night. And as long as you know we have Canals out, we have Dirk out, keep him there. He did great. Yeah. I mean, for me, he put in a heck of a shift. I mean, it's never going to be easy against the likes of Pavon, Zlatan, and Co. Um, and he looked decent over the set pieces as well. His free kicks were decent. Um, he was finding Birnbaum quite often, which is good to see. Obviously, he's our key header, first header of the ball, and whenever a free kick comes in. And yeah, for me, it was just absolutely fantastic. And. It was good to see. And has he had a permanent spot? Tricky to say. Uh, because based off one game, very, very difficult to say. Um, I'd have to see him play in a few more games before. I can definitely say he's earned a permanent spot. Um, David also asked, um, thoughts on Daniel Sturridge coming to DC United? Um We've seen a few things already. Do you want to go through what's already been said about Daniel Sturridge? So definitely. I know that the salary is just too high. It's too rich for DC's blood right now. I'd I'd be thrilled to see him come, of course. Everyone knows I'm a, a Liverpool fan. So it would be great to see him, but I just I don't think it's going to happen. Too much money, and we just splashed quite a bit as far as um, MLS goes. So I don't think that's going to happen. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that one is 
unfortunately, uh, DOA dead on arrival. Um, I don't think it's going to happen at all. Um, there have obviously been other things that have been said in the whole transfer rumours, um, especially about Mesut Ozil. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to break out the coffee cups every time <laughs> I hear this one. Is, is, is that um, intentional there, Sarah? I, you know, I think his uh, arrival to D.C. will be um, in retail form. I think he's going to possibly have a coffee shop on the retail front at Audi Field, which is great because we could use some decent coffee that's a bit closer there, especially for all the tired journalists and staff <laughs> that are staying up late. So. I, I, it's, it's bizarre because I'm still sick. I am... Um, Obviously, after seeing the whole coffee shop thing and the fact that he's bringing his brand of coffee beans over to DC, which is a bit strange, to say the least. I mean, whether it's a foot in the door to him actually eventually coming over, who knows? But I'm still seeing the rumours about Ozil coming over from this side of the pond. And I think there's more to it than just the coffee bean. I think there is something more to it um, because... It's getting stronger and stronger over here, and that doesn't normally happen unless there's unless there's actually something happening. Because there's no, as the saying goes, there's no smoke without fire. That's true. We're gonna have to see what DC United is brewing. Nice. Sorry, that was terrible. I had to oh, do it. I had to do it. Oh. And so- that is not gonna get edited out. That is staying in the uh, the final <laughs> edit. Oh, what a pun. I'm trying to think of one, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Damn it. Never mind. Um, that's kind of it for the questions. Um, and that has kind of come to the end of the show. We've um, got good news, James. We've oh, got good oh, news. What, what's the good news, Sarah? This light just come in? Yeah. our Well, one of our favorite people, Mr. Goff over at the Washington Post, has said that uh, Kamara received his work visa today at the consulate in Toronto. And is hey. eligible to train and play in the MLS match beginning Saturday at Vancouver. Fantastic news. That you know what? That's twice now that you've been on the show. And we've had news that's coming live whilst we're recording. How good is that? It's good stuff. I like this. I like this. I like I like live news happening whilst we're recording. We need to do this more often. Oh, just do, just do stuff live. Oh my goodness be a bit fun i'd have to um make sure i don't swear so you don't hey. get in trouble there james <laughs> hey we, we've not sworn i think ever since since i started doing this podcast no matter what many however many guests i've had on not a single swear from you no from me or from my guests oh i remember <laughs> oh, did you swear did you no it wasn't me it was, was it somebody ken? else it was ken <laughs> did he it was brilliant Oh, I missed that. I no, I you didn't miss it. You edited it out. I think we have it in MP3 form somewhere. Oh yes, we do. Yes, I did edit that one. Now. I remember now. Yeah, that was quite funny. We might have to play that back to him soon. Oh, that was brilliant. That was actually very, very funny. Um, unfortunately, that won't make any final edits of any show. We might, I might have to do a little out, no, upload it onto the website. <laughs> Just Folks, can't broadcast if you, if you, it here. If you if you're listening, let us know. Let me know. DM me. Do you want to hear Ken swear? Ken, you listening? Do you want to hear yourself swear again? I want to hear it. 
sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. Do it. Oh, uh, I can't put it on on the actual show. I can only upload it as a little extra. So let us know. Let me know in DMs on Twitter or whatever format you want to get in touch. So great way said, to join a membership for DC United Kingdom. Get exact, that extra perk. Exactly. So I might actually use that as an exclusive perk. So we're coming to the end. Sarah, where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Kalassi, S-A-R-A-H-K-A-L-L-A-S-S-Y. I'm editor-in-chief over at MLS Female. That's at MLS Female. And we're on Twitter. Got a bunch of amazing writers. I'm also the DC Beat reporter for MLS Female. So try to bring you all the best and latest coverage. That is absolutely cool. Um, for me, if you if you're listening in, you probably know where I am. But here we go. So at DC United Kingdom over on Twitter, at DC United Kingdom FC on Facebook and Instagram, www.dcunitedkingdom.com. And if you want to become a member, just add a little forward slash and then membership at the end. Cheeky little form. We're going to start doing some, hopefully, some exclusive stuff. We've got a nice little chat going over on Twitter. Uh, we had some great banter uh, in the game last night against Galaxy. That was great to see. Um, so you can be a part of that. Just, like I say, fill that form in over on the website. And if you do want to support this podcast and help it improve and get better and better, even better than what it is now, um head over to patreon.com forward slash dc united kingdom you can support the podcast over there as well so thank you very much for listening and vamos united <laughs>